Everybody, hello, Colleen. Hi, hi, Walt. Are you there? Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to another great Tuesday. Yes, this is the Cosmic Reality Show. We're actually starting a little early. Did you realize that? It still says six fifty-nine on my clock, my computer clock. Oh, although there is the buffer. Oh, the buffer thing. Yes, the buffer thing. Although. Who was I listening to? Oh, it was last night when we were listening to Andrew Bartz, Bartzitz. Uh-huh. And he um, said that they have added or taken away a second from, I mean, to, to, the, to, the, to the time. Because, Walt, you're going to love this. The, uh-huh. atomic, the atomic clocks are not staying synced. <laughs> okay, now what this, what, oh, by the way, it is two, July 7th. A week is already into July. Can you imagine? July 2nd, uh, 2015. 7th. July 7th, what did I say? 2nd. Oh, 7th. It's the 7th. Well, I can't believe it's the 7th. I know. My mind is saying no way. But, um, yeah, now what this means with this, the atomic clock thing is that the half-life of the atom is, is suddenly not sinking all around the world. The different atomic clocks went out of sync so bad that they decided they had to, I guess, add a second to whoever was behind. That was, you know, it was like, oh, okay. Which confirms what we're saying is that everything is changing, including the half-life of minerals, which they detected back, I think it was in 2010. This is the part of the show where Mr. Roger says, can you say different realities, boys and girls? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Now, um, we, we've got an interesting show, I think, planned, if it comes off right. In the chat, there is the link to, um, to the show. And for anybody that happens to hear this in archives, you can go to, uh, the, uh, Cosmic Reality blog under the tab Cosmic Reality Information on CosmicReality.net. Dot net, CosmicReality.net. And you can click on that and you can find today's show, which is July 7th show, um, to hear, um, well, to see what we're going to cover. Now, the first thing I'm going to do <clears throat> is I am going to um, read you a blog that I wrote yesterday. It's on Greece and it's on the Greek debt. Now, 
anybody that follows me know knows that even though I was very conversant in the old world, the old reality, um, for the last uh, 18 months more, um, I have been consciously trying to stay away from it because of the amount of fear and the amount of drama and the amount of distraction that occurs. What I see as my job is, and probably Walt's too, and a lot of other people, is to focus on the new reality that we do indeed believe we have not just building, but built. The formation is there. You can go back over this last 18 months or more and see how it all developed, how we came to the idea that we could, in fact, create a new reality and how we went about doing it with the help of our friends. <laughs> we don't really know by name except for Gaia and uh, who sent us energy devices that were allowed us to... Um, to begin to understand the manipulation of energy, which Dolores Cannon was told by her spirit guides is the only is the reason that human beings are here. And manipulation of energy comes down to being defined as magic or miracles. So I don't normally talk. Well, I, I, I'm doing more of it because I, I'm trying to focus on those aspects of the old world that I see are basically being uh indicate to me that in fact we do have a new reality running side by side with the old one now what this means is that when we say walt and i say that um guy has 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 demanded that all ets just leave the vicinity so that human beings can come together in that there is a breakaway civilization that is living in the universe of star trek and they're keeping the rest of us completely blind to this. Um, and we're saying that in that, in the reality that we're building, uh, the ETs are going to not be there. They're going to back off. They've already backed off. And because when you've got these two realities, realities are timeline configurations that actually are like poles in space-time continuum. So we're in this nice little bubble here trying to create this, creating, I shouldn't say trying anymore, creating this new reality that is usurping the energy from the old reality. It's just like, you know, if you've done any metaphysical studies at all, that every decision that you've ever had to make, when you make it, there are alternative realities or timelines that begin to manifest. Now, if you don't keep your focus on them, they disappear. If you're keeping your focus on one, that's the one that is dominant in your life. That's the one you're following. That's the one that's got all the energy. So what's happening is that you got people still living in the old reality that don't even know that we're here. But what's happening is that we're creating a reality that is more, uh, let's say, it's a nicer feeling. It's a nicer reality. It's got all these wonderful energies in it. And there are people on the other side, the old reality, who are saying, oh, my God, I can't stand this. i got to get out of here. And they are going to be drawn to the res resonant re energy of our reality because they can't handle the other one. So people are coming over here whether they understand it or not. They're, they're, they're merging their own beingness in this reality, whether they understand it or not. But that other one is still there. So in that other one, you're going to get people like Simon Parks talking about ETs and Corey and all these other things that are all mucking around. They are still mucking around, but that's not our reality. 
Now, why am I telling you this? Because it, 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 to me, it's very simple. I, to me, I've lived this kind of thing. I can understand it. I can feel it. I can see it. But it is a difficult concept to get in your mind. Um, so I want to be able to to address the events that are happening in the old reality that I see really indicate that we are moving towards our reality, our new reality. That is um, today concerning the problem in Greece. Um, the reason that Greece is so important to us is that it is like a a summary of what we're about to uh, get crashed with if if the Greeks don't win. If the Greeks win, everything else is going to change. So what I want to do is I want to um, actually read you the blog. It's not very long. I want to put it in this record here of the show. Um, and the reason that's really important to us is because, boys and girls, the United States is bankrupt and has been for a few months now. They stopped paying their bills. When you stop paying your bills, you're bankrupt. So right now I'm going to read uh, the blog that I wrote yesterday called Greece, Greece Crisis, One of Awakening. Most historians point to ancient Greece as the foundation for Western civilization culture. On July 5th, 2015, the Greek people set a foundation for empowering the 99% and rejecting the tyrant 1%. They voted 61% no to 39% yes, with a voter turnout of 63%. The government of Greece had asked for the no vote in spite of threats of being rejected from the Eurozone. Nineteen nations comprise the Eurozone and use the same currency. The remaining nine nations of the European Union still use national currencies. The worst that may happen is Greece's debt crisis negotiations will start up again. The no vote by the Greek voters said they would no longer be held bondage by the international banks. They had rejected the most recent bailout proposal by the banks. The Greek government and people had seen the truth. It has all been a scam to see corporations and banks in total control of an obedient, powerless an indebted world. It all came to a crisis in 20, 2008. Banks have been giving mortgages to anyone who breathed, who could take a breath. Subprime mortgages was what it was called. These mortgages were bundled together as mortgage-backed securities and sold at huge profits. The rating agencies that are supposed to be honest and impartial were apparently neither or else unbelievably stupid. They gave these subprime mortgages, mortgage bundles, the subprime mortgage bundles, stellar ratings. When people who should never have been given a mortgage stopped paying, foreclosure became widespread. Those mortgage-backed securities plummeted in worth. Banks and investors holding them lost big time. Big banks rushed in and bought up the losing banks and investment houses. Remember Washington Mutual Bank? I do. It was my bank. This buy-up supposedly overextended the big banks, who then went to the government to bail them out. Give us a loan, they begged. We are too big to fail, they said. Not realizing this was all a scam, the Greek government gave the big banks $30 billion. 
This put the Greek government into severe debt. To get out of the debt, they had to sell bonds, which are actually loans to the government by those who buy them. The loan could be collected or repaid when the bond became mature, a specific date in the future. Now, this could have conceivably worked, except it was all a scam to get complete control over the world in what is called the New World Order. To sabotage the bond bail out of the government? The very banks bailed out by the government, causing them to be in debt, downgraded the worth of the Greek bonds. Worthless, the Greek government bonds were not worth buying. Crash. This was in 2009. By 2011, Greece took out a bailout loan to save itself from the same banks as a mass, at a massive 110 billion euros. By 2011, a second bailout loan was arranged, but only after the Greek prime minister was replaced by a banker without an election. Now Greece had to pay off these loans by selling itself. It was called privatization when the government sold off its water, electrical, postal, telecommunication systems, along with the airport and port services, the national banks, and Greek media. It was called the austerity program when public workers were laid off and cuts were made to public services, minimum wage, pension plans, pension plans like the U.S. Social Security, and raising taxes on the 99%. With nothing left to lose except their dignity, the Greek government, 99% of their people, the 99% of the people finally saw the scam and rejected the banks. If they end up at the negotiation tables again, they will now have financial restructuring on the agenda. Other nations in the same dire circumstances may also awaken to the scam and say no more, such as Spain, Italy, Portugal, Ireland, and other countries going through austerity and maybe some who will decide they do not have to be pushed to austerity to vote. No. One country has already been down the road Greece is looking at. That country is Iceland. And this is a quote from The Guardian. Icelanders are fast on their way to becoming among the richest people in the world, just five years after experiencing one of the most dramatic financial meltdowns in history. There's a link there to go see and read about the uh, the Iceland, uh, what they've done. It's absolutely stunning, and you probably don't know about it. Okay, hope this gives you an idea of what happened yesterday and why we as Americans should care. We are, after all, on the list of New World Order assets and have privatization and austerity promised. Why Greece instead of America? We still own guns. There's also a link to uh, an article entitled America is Bankrupt and Destined to Fail that was published today. So I want you guys to kind of think about this. It's up there. Learn it. Because I think it's incredibly important that as these revolutionary reality-changing events are happening in the old reality, that we can make other people understand why. Because there's going to be an awful... What's happened to Greece is going to happen to us unless something happens. Of course, we've made a new reality, so it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. But for those other people, if you can 
unfortunately, most people don't get to a point of changing until something dire and forces them to change. Well, what's going to force them to change is the realization that they've been screwed by a whole bunch of scams. If you understand it, and once you get the way the crap, the clutter that, that you know, makes it all kind of like, oh, my God, I don't even know, know what's happening and I don't think I want to. Once you read an article like I just put together, it was based on other people who had done their homework, who had made it simpler and simpler and simpler until all of a sudden I come along and I go, oh, I see it. I can write this. Take it. Make it yours. So that when somebody starts to, to bitch and moan to you about the fact that they're about to, well, the, the federal government just stopped unemployment. Um, one of our friends, it was on unemployment. All of a sudden, all of her, after six weeks, all of her unemployment's gone. And what happened? Well, the federal government said no more. So the state of Florida said, oh, we can't get it from the feds. Well, forget about it. You're going to have to wait until September when we start up another, another, uh, what do you call it? Uh, financial plan or whatever it is so that they can put in a little bit more money to give to the people that don't have any jobs in the state of Florida. But what about the people right now? Right now. You know, they got to wait for a little dribbly bat piece that the, that the Florida state gives you? I know. I got it. It was ridiculous. It was embarrassing. But now, because the feds aren't helping them out, well, we can't give you anything. Sorry, go away. We've got too many corporations that we've got to think about, not the little person. That's the old reality. The new reality, none of that happens. None of that happens because the people in our new reality are what? They're claiming dominion over themselves. They know who they are. They're taking responsibility for everything that happens to them. Why? Because reality is what we think it is. The majority rules. So I wanted to put that out there. I only took about 16 minutes. That's good. Um, comments from uh, you guys? Well, oh, when you read it, explain it. Oh, sorry. You go, you go. Who's okay. that? Oh. Well, I typed in the chat room. So, you loan the bank money to bail their crooked asses out. And then they devalue the loan of, or the value of the loan so that you don't have to pay them back as much as what you loaned them. So, you do them a favor and they repay you by changing the rules and the amount that they borrowed. Then you have to borrow, borrow way, way more to keep your own ass afloat. Nice guys, eh? Dang, you said it more simply than I did. How'd you do? <laughs> hey, sometimes <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's crazy. Walt, what do you think? Well, the concept of interest alone is incorrect. In and it was because the concept of paying interest on money is incorrect because uh, money should not earn something just for sitting in a box. It should it should be on the contrary. Money should get the value the more you have it accumulated. That would make you use the money and it would flow through the system. So you would be getting money, which in turn you use to buy services and products, and and you keep it circulating. But this this whole thing of earning interest that's that's the trap. Uh, that they play with. I mean, how many uh, interest index manipulations have been, uh, you know, fraudulent ones have been caught? Uh, because it's it's wrong. It shouldn't be that that way. You know, that that business of of earning interest. I mean, that's part of the whole crooked plan. And it's funny that um, everything that you've described about uh, Greece 
It's like uh, it's something it, I've already lived through that because I came back to the U.S. in '82, and in those last years of 19 of the 70s, first you know for the first years of the 80s, I witnessed that in Mendoza and Argentina when I was living there because all of a sudden, for example, uh, there were some well-known hotels overnight. They now they they were the property of some Arabian family. Uh, for example, uh, a French company bought our national phone company. And then, for example, the power company, all of a sudden, the, the, the owners are a Spanish corporation. And so overnight, you know, in the space of a short time, all of these things that you were used to, you know, the gas company, all of these things, now were being owned by private corporations. So that's, they were doing exactly that, you know, long before anybody spoke of it. They were, you know, selling Argentina by the pound to pay back on all that debt. And here's the, the insult to injury. Uh, you have a, a country with so many natural resources, they don't need to borrow anything from anybody. And yet they got, you know, uh, all the politicians got played. You know, they, they played the game and there was no need. I mean, a country like that gets everything brought in, like for example, an island country. Most of their stuff has to be like uh, Hawaii, for example. Most of the stuff that they get, they consume has to be transported into the island. The island is only so big, and it doesn't have every single industry that exists out there. So ninety percent of the stuff they use has to be brought to the island. Well, Argentina. I mean, they're like the number one. After Venezuela, they're the number one producer of oil in South America, and these people are borrowing money. So you can see how deep and how crooked the whole thing is. So yeah, I, what you describe is correct. I mean, I, I had a chance to witness it. Are uh, you still there, guys? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to put a a link. <laughs> In the um, in the chat room, because yes, I described it for Greece, but in actuality, this is well described in a book called The Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And this particular book, first off, I can't believe the guy actually survived to uh, write it. Um, describes exactly what the scam is that happened through to all of us, all the Western, uh, all of them that are involved in the. Uh, Fed Reserve Bank in the United States and Britain and France and all, it, it, you know, the bankers, the international bankers of the West. And it tells the way that he, as an economic hitman, would go into a country like Argentina. And as a matter of fact, I, I think he talks about it. And basically they tell them that, um, you know, we'll give you all this, this, what, what is it? I don't know if it's the World Bank that's behind. It's one, it's one of those big names. But they, they, they'll give you this loan in order to, uh, build up your, your infrastructure. We're gonna build your water and your roads and, well, most of these nations didn't need any of that, but the politicians needed the bribes. And if there was a prob, uh, politician that they could not bribe, then the man had a, uh, plane go down and kill him or something would happen, they would murder him. And this yeah. guy, Absolutely is confirming that they were murdered. Um, and he, I mean, he names names and it's, I, I still can't believe that, that he's actually, you can actually get the book still, I think. 
Um, what I posted was a summary of it. I didn't really get a chance to read it. It just seemed to be the best Google. But you can Google it, Confessions of a Hitman. So, yes, absolutely, that's what um, they've been doing. And they're very good at it. They've got it down. They fooled us in a, I mean, it was almost like Argentina and uh, Panama and what are some of the others, and uh, a couple of other uh, South American countries uh, and a lot of other countries. But it was like they were practicing. They were getting it down. You know, what's what's yeah. the best way to do this? And then um, by, you know, 20, it probably started in in, in the early 20th. 20th century, 21st century, um, of this subprime thing that would bring down all these little guys and, you know, like, boom, just just what I described in the blog. So, um, and they're doing it to us here. Um, I mean, think of, think of the little place that you grew up or the big place that you grew up and how many things are not there anymore. You know, the mom and pop or pop stores yeah. fading away. Uh, we've got the Walmarts, and Walmarts goes into a, an area, and you can be guaranteed the small businesses are going to take a drastic hit. The the uh, you know the politicians that well Walmart comes in and we make all this tax extra tax money, and it's going to be good for everybody, but they lose all the small business people. So now there's no competition even. I mean they're driving out the competition that would make these these stores. Yeah you know, be morally correct. Yeah. You know? Because apparently they can't get there on their own. So, um, anyway, uh, I don't want to dwell on this because there's other things to talk about, but it's incredibly important that right now you understand, we all understand, because I wasn't paying any attention to it. And then well, when, they, when, yeah. they, when they actually said no, I was like, you said no. <laughs> and that's when they got my attention because that to me was the indicator that they are in fact that the old reality is in fact waking up to the problems and taking a stand and at, at last people are not saying which is the thing that has been driving me sick for years when you're discussing stuff like this in any setting whether it's uh, visiting someone or at work and you present all of this, and I absolutely hate it when somebody in the crowd, oh, oh, you know, pipes up and says, well, that's the way it is. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> no, that's not the way it is. It's that way because everybody's staying asleep and not realizing, you know, just wake up. It's not, it's not supposed to be that way. And that's what this people's vote is saying. No, it's not supposed to be this way. We don't have to accept. Just because you say it's supposed to be this way doesn't make it so. And we're and we're saying it to your face. We don't want this. It's not right. So well, and in Iceland, they they he took it much farther. I mean, when yeah. when the whole thing came down, they um, the people said, "Well, who caused this?" And the answer was the bankers. And they said, "Well, then fire the bankers. Who let the bankers do that? Well, the government." Well, we're going to rewrite the Constitution and make sure this doesn't happen again. And that's what they did. They also put a whole bunch of bankers in prison. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did that. And there was, a, you know, about 18 months where the, everything in Iceland just... <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like... And boom, you know, 
they're they're one of the most stable nations in the world, but nobody talks about it. Why? Because nobody wants anybody to know this. You know, the bankers are the problem. Get rid of them. Put them in jail. Government allowed this to happen. Change change the constitution. And you know how they vote now now in Iceland. You know what the constitution says? If you want to be a governor a government employer in the in the in Finland, I mean Iceland, what you have to do is you have to put your name on a list. And then they do a lottery. <laughs> they pull numbers. They pull names. It's not voting because they know that there is 3,000 ways that they can manipulate the voting. So they leave it up to Gaia. <laughs> Who's going to get the lucky? Maybe lucky. I don't know if I want to be a politician. <laughs> you know, their name pulled. And then you can be a government official. Wow. But not for life. Say again? No, but, not for life. But not for no. life, yeah. No, 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 no. They've, uh, so, I mean, that, I mean, the Greek, the Greeks, all they have to do is hang fast. You know, if, if it was me, I'd never go back to the negotiation tables. Because the, the, what the, the only thing that the Euro zone can do really now is to say, all right, then we got to restructure the debt. Well, if you restructure the debt, all of a sudden you're going to look at all the details of how this whole thing works. And then it's even going to be more clear. Oh, my God. This is <laughs> this is crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to restructure something that doesn't exist? Yeah, right. Right. I mean, back in 07, <clears throat> when we started having the problems here, there was a, well, it, it was a little after 07. It probably was by about 09 that this uh and somewhere on Cosmic Reality, the uh, Facebook, there was a um, British parliamentary figure. I don't know if he was in the Com- House of Commons or House of Lords. I think it was the House of Commons, but I'm not sure. It could have been the House of Lords. But anyway, mm-hmm. he was told that there was something like a trillion dollars in the Bank of England that had come from the Federal Reserve in the United States. And he was like, that's crazy. You know, we're, we're in this terrible crisis and there's a trillion dollars in the bank. That doesn't make sense. So we kind of forgot it. And a little bit later, somebody came to him with documents proving that they could show that the uh, Federal Reserve Bank in New York sent, you know, a trillion dollars to the Bank of England. So he goes in front of the, the parliament and he's got this stack of papers on the bench next to him. I can't believe this, but the, and he, he's raving and ranting and, you know, carrying on about this. And I won't swear to it, but I think that guy died shortly after that. I, I'm not swearing to that, but that's what I'm remembering. But I forgot to look it up to make sure. Um, but it, regardless, nothing was done about it. But, in fact, there was over $3 trillion that the federal government, our federal government said was our responsibility that we, we, the United States citizens owe the Federal Reserve a trillion, uh, three trillion dollars. And that three trillion dollars went to banks all over the world, international banks to hold them up. Is that the same three trillion dollars that come up missing at the Pentagon? No, no, <laughs> this is different. And for all I know, it might have been $13 trillion because when you get into those numbers, I just get confused. But Bernie Sanders uh, wrote about this, and then it was, you know, he's got absolute documentation to the fact that that, that that did, in fact, happen. And he was screaming about it, and everybody in Congress has got their hands over their ears. Don't tell us this. Now, how could they do that? Well, because there's no money. 
I mean, Walt's trying to talk about, you know, money in a, in a, in a, in a bank and just sitting there. It doesn't sit there. It's called fractional banking. You know, I give the bank two dollars. Well, they keep one dollar, but then they loan out the, the next, the second dollar. Uh, okay. So then they charge interest on that one dollar. Uh, okay. The interest is, is money that's added into the till, but there's no money exchanged. And in fact, your two dollars is still being registered there, even though only one dollar is sitting there. It's called fractional banking, and it's much, it's not 50-50, it's more like 10%. 10% of your money is sitting there. And the only reason that it's, it's whatever it is, is because they make a calculation in some kind of a weird computer system that says, uh, well, we have to have X amount of money on hand because that's how much the average takeout is in a given day, the cash that they have to send out. The rest of it nobody asks for, so we'll just play with it. Now, that's what fractional banking is. That's part, I mean, that, that's the scam to be, be, begin with. Um, it's, it's the, that's why Farrell, Joe, Joseph Farrell calls them the banksters. That's what they are. They're scamming us. They're scamming. I mean, I could go with cosmic reality. I, I had to get into it. I had to tell you about the Federal Reserve. I had to tell you about the whole scheme because unless you understand this stuff, you can't understand the dimension <laughs> of the scam. And I go back and I tell you how how they manipulated to take all the gold from the American people back. I mean, it's like this has been going on forever, and it's time to say no, 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 no more. We don't fire the bankers. Fire the politicians. Start it up again. Well, you they, got nothing to lose. They did it rather more subtly here these last several years. You know, send us your gold, and we'll pay you for it. So they're giving you dollars for your actual gold, and a lot of people bought into that. There were com- uh, there were commercials all over TV about that. No, you saw in the that um was it it was you Nancy the one who put a that Facebook article about the uh, information Randy Kramer and others have given regarding uh, all this operation going on on Mars and you know the ICC and all this stuff that uh, all of the stuff that you're discussing was a necessary move for them to finance the Star Trek. Breakaway civilization. That's why they, it says right then and there that that's why they had to, they did that manipulation of turning the government into a, a corporation because that's what actually allowed them to draw resources in order to finance this other operation, you know, in space. So it's all part of that. If you, if you collapse the bankers, you know, I, I guess by now these uh, Star Trek people are able to maintain themselves. Because that's where they're drawing all the, re- the all, you know, the money and the resources. Well, that was back in the, you know, the 50s, 60s time frame where they really were cranking it up. Um, but right now, the best that I've seen is that they are very successful because the position of the gal of the solar system in the galaxy puts it into a particular location that is very near some major stargate. So jump off point. And so this is like, you know, the, the, the place where the trains stop and they get fueled up and they get, 
uh, everything that they need. Plus the fact that this particular part of the solar system, or this galaxy, the solar system is full of a lot of things that, that they need. What is being presented to by the corporations is that human beings are incredibly technically competent. And apparently we have devices that they want, things that they want, you know, probably shotguns and M16s and because <laughs> that's what we like to build down here. But I don't know what it is. They never specified the actual products that, that were, you know, something. They've got some products that are. Uh, I just hope they're yeah. not something. But you remember what Captain Kirk said about those weapons, right? What was that? In that episode, uh, uh, Bread and Circuses, where he uses a machine gun to break uh, open, the, to break the lock on a cell. He says, high velocity, high velocity projectile. He says, obsolete birth, but efficient. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe that the difference between why America is still standing is the fact that we do have the guns. I don't say that facetiously. Um, Which is why they're staging all this stuff, so that everybody gets afraid and is pushing everybody to get rid of your guns, because, you know, we're a dangerous society. You know, when they started that up, you know what I did? I went and bought a gun. Well, actually, I didn't buy it. They gave it to me. Well, actually, a whole lot of people have. Gun sales go up after right after one of those. Exactly, because as soon as you threaten to take away an American's gun, see, the Constitution is, well, the American Constitution back when the founding fathers set it up, not the Constitution of the corporation we're under now. When you look at what they're saying concerning the militia, it is not saying that you have the right to own a gun. It's telling you you have the responsibility to own a gun and to think of yourself as a militia. That's why when I took the oath of office as a officer in the military, I swore that I would defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I mean, think about the American Revolution. Why did it start? So the corporate U.S. is our domestic enemy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Now, the, the American, and a lot of people miss this, that the American Revolution, you know, oh, well, it's because they had a tax on tea. Not exactly. What was really happening was that the colonies were extremely successful economically. The Parliament realized that this economic growth was developing a, an independent colony that they really couldn't control. So what they did, the uh, Parliament of England, is that they made a law that you could not, in any colony, uh, print your own money. So all of a sudden, the American colonies, which were had their own financial system based on money that they were printing, had no right to do this. Now, what does money do in that kind of a situation? It's a barter thing. We could be using seashells, but they just print these things, okay? And it was the way that everybody was doing business and doing very successful business. But when the Parliament said you had to you had to use the Bank of England money, well, there was no Bank of England money over in the colonies. So now you, your money, your, the money you thought was good, is not any good. So the only thing you can use is gold and silver or some other way of bartering. Well, that was working sort of, 
But then the British government put these taxes that had to be paid in the Bank of, of England uh, currency. But they couldn't pay the taxes because there was no money. So all the economy started to crash. There was no way of it moving. There was no way of paying it, paying it off and stuff. That was why the Americans went to war, was for the right to print their own money. It wasn't because of the tax. It was, it was the most basic economic indicator of the fact that you're going to have a revolution. Okay, it's when you take the right to print money from the very people that are just using it to make the economy go. You took it away from us. So the corporation comes along, and this happened after the Civil War. The corporation comes along. Now, the, the international bankers have been doing everything that they could to get control over the American um, banking systems. There was... A number of federal banks that were started up and, and, you know, every time it started up, it was the international bankers behind it and some American would get smart in Congress and they'd stop it. And, uh, sometimes, uh, I don't want to get into the banks. But anyway, what, what, what you're really dealing with is that when you try to manipulate the economy, the federal government allowed the Federal Reserve to come into the thing because of uh, scams and false flags that had already been developed to make fear in the American people. The Great Depression thing. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. It's falling apart because you were set up. And that's I talk about that in Cosmic Reality. So when you get the Federal Reserve System in it, now you've got such a massive control. The Federal Reserve is not an, uh, a U.S. government agency. A lot of people think it is. It's not. It's an independent agency. The only way that, the only thing that the, that the government, i.e. The, the other side of the corporation, has over the Federal Reserve is the, uh, to have the right to, um, uh, okay the, uh, Federal Reserve board members that are picked by the banks themselves. And I don't know of any situation where an American president has said, no, you can't be, you can't be on the board. That just doesn't happen. So you've got this private organization. So we have not had, we've already been privatized as far as the financial system goes. This is back since the, you know, the uh, establishment of the Federal Reserve around the same time of the Great Depression. So one of the reasons that we think that John Kennedy might have been killed is because he realized this and he had ordered the federal government to start the treasury to start making its own federal reserve notes. Now, apparently, as, as far as I know, it's, it seems to be true, um, there was a printing done just before he was assassinated, and that printing got so far as stacks of the papers, you know, in the sheets, but they were never cut. They killed him before he was, he, before that got into circulation. Another reason that he probably died. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bizarre world when the <laughs> when you've got a few men controlling everything. And you know, way back in the when I was in my thirties, um, I had all these credit cards. Everybody wanted to give me a credit card, so I started playing the credit card game. You know, I would I would take this credit card, get some cash to pay that credit card, and I think I was playing with five of them. 
And, you know, I went on for years doing this until I had a debt of $30,000. And I couldn't play it anymore. So I go over to the uh, bankruptcy clinic for people that, you know, have gotten in themselves over their heads. And I walk in and I explain to them what my situation is. And the lady looked at me and she said, how'd you do this? <laughs> and I said, excuse me? And she said, I've never seen anybody manipulate it like this. How did you get $30,000 in debt with credit cards and you still have a perfect record? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not going to have a perfect record. I, I'm, I'm, I can't do it anymore. And uh, so when I left there, right next door was a bankruptcy lawyer. So I walk into the bankruptcy lawyer, and um, he says to me, oh, you know, these credit cards, nobody ever seems to win. Nobody, Everybody loses when they start using credit cards. And I'm thinking to, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, I just made $30,000 on these stupid asses, <laughs> you know? So he's like, he's not seeing it. He's not seeing that I knowingly played the game. Was I dishonest? Mm, no. No, they set it up. I just played the game the way it was sitting in front of me. Was I immoral? Mm, nope. Played the game the way they set it up, the way that they've been doing it to everybody else. I just saw the game but played it my way, which was doing it their way. So I go to bankruptcy uh, court. Yeah, bankruptcy court. And uh, how'd you get into this situation? Oh, my God, it was a bad business deal. My partner screwed me. <laughs> I wasn't about to tell a judge I'd played the credit card game. And, oh, it's all right, it's all right, we're going to make it right for you. So they set up this bankruptcy uh, program or whatever, I don't know what they called it, and I had to pay $110 every month to some fund. I don't, well, I was sending it, I think it was my lawyer, I don't know where I was sending it, but it was $110 a month, which broke out, when I analyzed it, to be about three cents to a dollar that was going to be paid back to the credit card companies which was just a minuscule amount of what this $110 came up to when you get to seven years or how many years I had to be on it. And the rest of the money was going to my lawyer. <laughs> what kind of nutty thing is that? You know, the credit card companies are so big, they don't need my money. But we'll make sure the lawyers get this. Why? Because the lawyers were the ones that were in charge of putting together as government employees the rules and regulations regarding bankruptcy. Well, uh, shortly, go ahead. Yeah, well, to the banks that give out these credit cards, when you file bankruptcy, they just write it all off anyway, you know, uh, as a like a tax write-off or a loss. Oh, yeah. And so they're, they're still making, they're still getting their money. You know, just like all the large corporations do. If they have to pay a fine for, say, polluting a river or whatever, they just write it off. It's a tax write-off for them, so they don't give a shit one way or another. And sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care one way or another, really. Yeah, that's what I learned from the uh, that credit restoration agency where I went to uh, when I was defaulting in all my cards and, you know, we were struggling to get a mortgage to be able to get into the house. Uh, I went to this uh, credit restoration agency that's here, and uh, in in a matter of two weeks, she was able to get my rating up like 10 points, and it was just, I was able to get in by the skin of my teeth. But she's the one who taught me how to read a, a credit report. I didn't know beans about reading credit reports. 
And she says, look at the last column on the right, on the status of this account. It says write off. So if a, if a, if a collection agency is coming at you with this, you have to deny all knowledge, you know, disavow, <laughs> the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your, of your IMF activities, you know, disavow that all knowledge of this debt because they, the debt is gone. They wrote it off. What happens is that this, this collection agency just bought it for pennies on the dollar and they're, they want to get extract money from you for something that is, it's gone because the original debtor, they wrote it off. So if, if you contest them, if you keep uh, demanding from them proof that you owe them this money, they back off because they have no proof that you owe them this money. So for years, every time I would get a, I even had a process servers come to my door with paperwork that looks like it's from a court, but it's interesting to note that the seal, the stamp, that round stamp seal that the court puts down, uh, it's not, it's not there. The papers look like standard, you know, uh, papers from a court, but there's no seal. And what it is, you just write back and you say, okay, show me the proof that I owe you this. I, I have no knowledge that I owe anybody any money. Can you please present to me where is the proof that I owe you this money? And they disappear. So a, a month or two months down the line, you will get the same account from a different collection agency. They just keep selling it to each other. Look, I have this bundle. Do you want this bundle? Here, you can just give me 10 bucks for it. Here, this whole bundle is yours. And they just keep playing the game because they don't, they don't, they are not owners of that debt. The original debtor wrote it off. And you look at the credit report and you look at the very last column on the right and it says the status of the thing and it says write off. So in, in reality, you don't, uh, owe anybody anything. And I, I, I get letters from collections that are 10 years old. And I don't know if this is universal for the whole 50 states or just Minnesota, but here in Minnesota, anything that's more than seven years old, you can't pursue it anymore. By law, you can't bother somebody with it. And I keep getting stuff that goes, you know, these are credit cards that I gave up in 2004. You know, it's what, 11 years now? <laughs> well, here, here, here's another indicator of, of how much BS is involved in this. My dad died and left me enough money to pay off my mortgage. So I paid off my mortgage. And then within a month, I get a notice. I, I do have a, a, a watch thing on the, on the uh, credit, uh, you know, first, uh, what do they call it? Uh, when they steal your identity to protect, protect against that. And so I get a notification that my, uh, credit rating has changed. Now, let me, let me just preface this. Within, okay, so I pay off the, the, the bankruptcy and then within a matter of me just buying a car, a new car, my bankrupt credit rating went up very high. And within a matter of two years after being out of bankruptcy, I had a rating that was way over 800 uh, points, whatever that thing is, 800. It was over 800. 850 is the, the top. Okay, I think it was at 830 or something. Um, now, then, so and so and so, now I, I've got, I'm still way up about 800, right? Whatever it is. and But I pay off the mortgage, you know, so I go, Oh, 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 this will be, you know, they're going to raise my, my, uh, rating because I don't have, you know, this $40,000 on my house anymore, you know? <laughs> well, 
my my credit rating dropped ten points. Dropped. You ten. just ruined, you just ruined the game for them. You deserve to be punished. <laughs> I was expecting to hear you say that. <laughs> well, I was not expecting it because it just like doesn't make any sense at all. And it's like, wait a minute, everything is the same except I don't have a debt of forty thousand dollars anymore. What the hell is going on? You just ruined the game. I mean, I saw on this credit there was a great documentary several years back on this whole credit card scam, and one of the people interviewed in the documentary is this gentleman who has a you know he's an actor and he does these shows uh, Ben Stein. He's well known for this monotone way of expressing himself, you know, no emotion. And he's done, uh, the Ben, uh, he had a game show, Ben Stein's Money. And, uh, he has so many credit cards. He, he pulled off his wallet. Um, <laughs> it looked like a brick. It's so thick. There's probably 50 cards in there. He says, when I put it in my suit, I feel like I have a third breast. And, but everybody in the credit card world hates me. And the interviewer says, you know what? Why do they hate you? Oh, yes, because every time I get my credit card bill, I pay it off. And they, and my rating for these people is they call me a deadbeat because when I get the, the bill, I pay off the balance. I never, ever, ever send the minimum payment. Well, he can afford it, you know, he's got money. But... Uh, they, uh, he, he had a, a high school reunion and one of the friends from the reunion works for a credit card company. And, and he told him, you know, oh yeah, we don't like people like you. We, we call you a deadbeat because you, you know, you're stealing our money by not paying the minimum. <laughs> you just ruined the game for them, chief. You expected a, a big fat reward? Uh-uh. Well, well, you know, I guess it just, <laughs> I mean, Come on, people. <laughs> We're laughing about it because if you don't laugh about it, I mean, it's like this is insane. And there they've been playing it. this game on us, and we've just been too either. You know, you know, part of it comes down to the fact that that most human beings cannot imagine the sociopathic nature of this one percent. They they don't. What's a sociopath? A sociopath is somebody that has no empathy, no understanding of what 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 somebody else is going through. They have no compassion. They have no emotional uh, credentials to be human. But we don't understand that because we're human. We would never even conceive of doing the things that they do. But they do it. But we're nice people and we don't know it. Well, we've got to wake up and figure out that, hey, these people, there are sociopaths out there and they're running the show. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what, remember what Bill said in the, in the video. If you were to vacate and empty out every single prison, every single jail on the planet, you still wouldn't have enough room to jail everybody that's, you know, guilty of what's going on. So that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Absolutely. Okay, the um, top of the hour is getting here. And um, what we're going to do in the second hour is we're going to talk about sound. We're going to get back into what we like to talk about, which is reality building. And we're going to um, talk about sound and uh, how the energy of sound can be healing. It's a long conversation we're going to have. We're going to um, hopefully talk about what's happening with Terra, which for those that may not know, Terra is the name of these 
con uh, create a consciousness of Mars. And um, can you do something during the break? Yes, we're going to do something during the break. Uh, no, uh, during the break, uh, take a look at your email. I know. I, I saw. I, I saw. I saw, saw the, that. Uh, the clip that I sent you. Yeah. Play yeah, I that that, I, yes, I was doing other things, and I went meant to go back to it. And during the break, I will go over there and pull that. Um, yeah, listen to it and tell me how it feels to you, and then I'll explain what it, what it is. All right. Okay. okay. Um, but right now, what we're going to do during the break, instead of playing some of uh, the lovely music of that Walt chooses for us normally, um, we're going to play the cat for uh, Colleen. Okay. The what? Right, right. Okay. What are you going to play? We're going to play the frequency of the average frequency of a cat's purr in 432. Uh -huh. Okay, mm -hmm. now I want to ask first. Do do people need to turn down their speakers with this? Um uh, yeah, turn turn your speakers down just in case. This one is not as bad as the other one. Okay. All right. Now, I want to tell you I I I've, um, I'm the only one that's actually, well, maybe Colleen has, but I'm the only one that actually, uh, laid down, and this is a five minute, uh, uh, tone. And I laid down and I listened to this thing. Now, the reason that I'm doing a cat spur is because there is a tremendous amount of information. Just put cat spur healing in, in Google and you'll see what I mean. And it has been proven that the frequency of a cat's purr is able to help the healing of bones and muscle. This is undisputed science. Now, I know my cats that when I've had problems, they would, like at one time I, I did something, pulled a muscle in my shoulder or something, and I had two cats. And when I got home and I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done to myself? The one cat comes over and gets right beside me on that shoulder. And then after a bit, she got up, and then the other one, a male, he came over and did the same thing. And for the next three days, these cats just took turns being there with, you know, and, and both of them were purrs, okay? When a cat purrs, and I, I've been at the vets and had a cat start purring and going like, why is this cat purring? It should be upset. Well, they are upset. And the purring in that kind of a stressful situation is because the cat knows that that vibration is a calming, healing vibration. And that's why you'll find that even when they're in stress, they can sometimes start purring. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to play this five-minute tone. Now, when I listen to it, <coughs> I got a toothache. <laughs> um, it wasn't a bad toothache, but all of a sudden I'm realizing I'm feeling a toothache under my bridge. Now, that makes sense to me. Why? Because that frequency is uh, working on the bone. So I suspect I should probably listen to this and allow that, that, that energy to uh, enter my system because, again, it's a healing thing. Um, what happens is that when you get the – when your ear, eardrum starts vibrating to a tone or a sound, your entire skeletal system takes on that vibration. And because your skeletal system is vibrating, every single cell in your body is getting a resonant energy vibration. So you don't have to have these things on loud. All you have to do is be able to detect that you're hearing them and that you're vibrating at the eardrum. 
Um, the first one, which is the Purr one, didn't seem to have the uh, volume that the one we're going to sh- listen to later and we're going to talk about. Um, so, but just turn your turn your uh, turn your radio down just a bit in case it is a little bit more loud than you want. And you, you don't have to lay down. You don't have to do anything. Just you're just allowing that energy to uh, come into your body. But if you can sit sit quiet and think about what's happening to your body, um, you know that that that's even better because you're 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 watching the energy and you're interacting. And what are you doing? You're learning how to manipulate energy, which is the goal of human beings, according to Dolores Cannon. So go for it, my friend Colleen. We'll put this on. We'll see you back in five minutes. Hopefully you don't have teeth teeth that are aching. Okay, so the story here. Um, I know that we've got new listeners, and I know we go over sometimes some of the same things that we've talked about in the past, but they seem to matter that we have to, you know, try to take, get continuity in a discussion. So what happened is that, um, one of my sisters has nerve degeneration. Now, they're saying it's from chemotherapy that she had years ago. Um, Walt and I suspect it might be something else, but there's definitely a deterioration in her nervous system that is, is causing her to have more and more problems walking. So, uh, I heard about this and, um, because I hadn't seen her, I didn't, I didn't know she was having a problem and I hear about this and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do about this? This is terrible. How can I help her, you know? And so I was going to ask Walt, to um, see if he can't, couldn't get me a uh, spiral shungite device that would uh, regenerate nerves. Because The Keys of Enoch, which is a book that um, Hertak wrote that in the 72 is his publishing date, he, they explain in there that sound is going to be the, the way that we heal in the future. So, but that comes down to the fact that sound is a frequency. And over the years, I've learned many different modalities of energy healing, from gem elixirs to um, uh, using sound and color to um, for healing. Because your body is, is an energy body, and if your body is vibrating at a perfectly attuned vibration, your cells are not going to deteriorate. Your cells deteriorate because you're out of energy balance. Now, yeah, you have genetic predispositions towards certain things, but those are not the key. The key is unbalanced. If you have an unbalance, then that predisposition predisposition can take root. But if you're completely balanced, even that's not going to affect you. So um, I I gave him the I asked him. Well, now what happens with Walt and I? And he'll he'll tell the story. But what happens is that a lot of times. We're, we, he'll, he'll ask, he's got a question in his head he wants to ask me. And I end up giving him the answer that he's looking for without asking the question. And this happens vice versa. So when I asked him about that particular frequency, he was like, oh, okay. Because he was going to ask me what frequency should he use in a device that he was creating. So, um, Walt, with that preface, do you know what I want you to do is to explain um, the Heidi device and how it ended up uh, on your roof? (laughs) 
Is that enough to go on? Walt? Uh, hold on, I was muted there for a second. Oh, okay. Okay, well, the, um, uh, what had happened is that I was playing with the magnets at that, around that time is when we found that, uh, uh, the Shanghai, you know, loves an energy field to play with, and my mom is the one who suggested, you know, why don't you make refrigerator magnets? And, uh, found how amazing the effect of the, uh, magnet-enabled Shanghai or Shanghai-enabled magnet, uh, the changes that it made. So, I started thinking about those lines, you know, okay, what happens if I, you know, make a, a something bigger, a big assembly, and, set it up inside a, a metal can because the, the magnetic lines would flow in the can creating like a resonant box like the magnet when you put it on the fridge the entire fridge body becomes a resonant box and uh, I had also uh, it was that in that time when I asked um, I had I was already aware that the Shanghai accelerated the speed of the argon in a wire. That's why the wire gets cold when you play with the spiral and it turns on. But I was wondering, you know, if if it did the same for magnetic lines. And the answer is yes. It does accelerate the speed of uh, the magnetic line flow. So with that in mind, I had uh, put together the components and made, made uh, to make a, a magnet assembly using these... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, uh, inside uh, uh, microwave ovens. The component that makes the microwaves is called a magnetron, and it has these uh, ring magnets, super strong. I mean, if if you let them go to meet each other, they will actually break in hand. They're so powerful. So I had a couple of those, and my idea was to uh, put a, a spiral between them so that the magnetic field... Uh, would enhance the work of the spiral, and I was going to use a, a, a Lemurian crystal to pipe that energy, but I was thinking, okay, what kind of measure of spiral to use? I had no idea. And then I got in touch with you, and <laughs> you said, oh, I need you, I have this issue with my sister Heidi, and I want you to find out if there's a frequency that will help, you know, regenerate and repair nerves. And I said, oh, okay, you know, I can find that out. I, and that was the key that you know, I was looking for, okay, what to put in this device. Uh, so I did the, the dowsing on the question, and I did get a, a measure uh, for the wire in order to make it into a spiral. And that's when I had that uh, situation where in the process of making this device, when I was lining up the, the crystal to sit in the center of these uh, ring magnets, uh, it turned on and it burned my face <laughs> again. Uh, but once once the uh, the whole thing was finished, I remember showing it to you on on uh, Skype, and it looks it looks like a metal can with a crystal sticking out of the out of the uh, cover, uh, and inside is the entire assembly is captured in in resin, and there are two distinct layers. One layer has pure Shanghai powder, and the other layer has the uh, silver-saturated Shanghai powder, uh, but everything is contained in uh, in Shanghai powder and resin. 
and I showed it to you, and, and you were kind of uh, surprised at the amount of energy you were feeling on your end. Well, we were, it was, uh, Stephanie and I were on, with you jointly on Skype, and you pointed mm-hmm. that thing <laughs> towards the camera. It was like a laser beam coming off of the screen. And she and I both had that reaction. It was like, uh, could you turn that away? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I will attest to the fact that he looked like he had had a fourth degree burn on his face. His face was bright red. And I said to him, I said, well, you knew, didn't you tell it to turn off? And he says, it was off. It just turned itself on while it was pointed at me. <laughs> Don't play with loaded guns, honey. Don't play with loaded guns. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. And, um, but that would, making it, I mean, looking at it when it was done, I, I, I'm thinking well, but this. Then, but then, but then you, then you took it and you put it so that it was inside the, um, the uh, parabolic antenna. Yeah, that's the thing is that I was thinking about, you know, this is, there's got to be more to this. It just can't be, you know, end up being this kind of assembly because at the time I remember you were just toying with the idea of making something that you would put in a room where you would have people that had uh, nerve damage and somehow the device would irradiate the room and people would be getting this frequency. That was, you know, one of the ideas that you were toying. Uh, with, but, you know, looking at this, I'm thinking there's gotta be something else besides this. It has to, I'm, I'm thinking that it has to go somewhere. It's not complete the way it is. And uh, I remember looking up and I see the abandoned, uh, parabolic antenna on my roof because years ago I had a dish network and I sent them back the equipment. When you do that, they leave the, that plate looking thing on the boom and the bell and at the end, you know, that's the, the, the part that you send back and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking well the uh, the satellites are geosynchronous so they're they're transmitting down like a funnel of and of frequencies and they're always sitting in the same spot and we know that the Shanghai loves energy fields because you give Shanghai an energy field and it just takes off so I'm thinking well what would happen if I put this at the end of the boom would the radiation from, or the emission from the crystal, would it bounce off of the uh, parabolic and go up the satellite signal? So I got up on a on a ladder and mounted it on the on the end of the boom, so that it, the crystal is in front of the center of the um, of the parabolic dish, and then I made sure that the uh, the entire assembly was grounded to the earth because. My feeling at the time was that whatever this thing was for, uh, it should be under the control of Gaia. She should be able to command this and turn it on and turn it off and decide what to do with this, knowing that it's putting out this essence energy of uh, nerve healing and regeneration. So I remember calling you. Yes, and but I, within you, a Shungite field, within a Shungite field, the two the two fields are merged together. Yeah. That that frequency and the Shungite. Yeah, so that's when I called you and asked you if if it if my idea had worked, if this had gone up, uh, if the, if this had this whole thing had uh, hijacked the satellite signal. So now you're literally spreading this this frequency, this um, essence that you had requested for the coil. And according to you, you saw that it was working, that it was uh, being transmitted. 
uh, being yeah, reshaped through the satellite. Right. The the first satellite that was, um, you know, had its footprint, we call it a footprint, on your antenna system, um, as soon as it, it hit the field of the Shungite, that entire signal, this downlink, is... See, that's what we learned when we started messing around with um, putting Shungite on a water pipe. It's like a river, okay? And, and so you put a put something in the water... And, it, you know, it, and it, like you put some liquid in the water and then downriver, you're going to see the liquid. You're not going to see the liquid upriver. But when you change the field of a water system, it's the molecules themselves that begin to spin differently. And it doesn't matter whether it's down the river or up the river. So we knew that no matter where you put a shungite piece of a, you know, piece of shungite field, upriver and downriver from any field, any other energetic field, water included, molecules, whatever, it's going to go upriver as well as downriver. And that's what happened, is that the down signal from that satellite on your antenna um, started to go like like a, like it was, you know, going, it just all of a sudden started spinning. All the little molecules started readjusting, attenuating, until the entire satellite itself had the attenuation within itself. The field, the Shungite field carrying also the signature of this nerve regeneration. Then when it sent the signal down to its control center, that control center got, I said, infected, hijacked is better. That got hijacked. And then it sends out signals up to other satellites, and boom, they get infected. And what happened is that other satellite systems that were passing underneath the geostationary ones, they got infected because they were passing through the field too. So within a matter of a very short period of time, the entire satellite system uh, around the world was carrying this unique Shungite nerve regeneration signal. And we know from your journeys that the, um, the extraterrestrials, meaning that they are not human-based technology, um, cannot operate in, in an environment of the Shungite field. So, and they attested that the field is up, but I could see it. You know, I could actually see the... The, the, the first, uh, for me, my personal proof that the, the Shungite grid was up and working was what was happening with chemtrails. And I remember I, I posted a couple of pictures on the on my Facebook wall, is that as soon as I would see a trail, since we are aware that Shungite is, is has a level of awareness and consciousness, and it reacts to your thoughts and intentions, as soon as I would see a trail, I would uh, I would address the Shungite grid and ask that it transmute, clear, and release the substance and the energy of these trails. And in within five six minutes, there would be nothing. Nothing left. It was like there weren't even any planes spraying. Or if you see, it was it was really hilarious to see a plane spraying. And given the scale of the plane, is like the trail was dissolving right as, as soon as it was spraying it. It was you would see this little tiny tail following the train the the plane because it was actually dissipating as it was advancing. So that was before that uh, device went up. I I I never saw that type of phenomenon. So that's why I took pictures and put them on Facebook. And when we first talked about this, um, some people, because one of the things that quantum physics tells us is that you have to have the human 
observation to create a 3D reality. And that's the same thing that happens with the Shungite and the Shungite fields. It is a sentient being in that it somehow or another has a higher consciousness. Now, it could be that this is a higher or an aspect of Gaia, um, that this is her way of providing us with access to um, a, a mineral, an energy field that will allow us to um, level the playing field so that we can counteract things like chemtrails and EMF and purify the water and purify the, the very air we're breathing. Um, so I'm not sure where the sentience exists. Um, I don't think it's really important right now. But what's important is that we understand that there is a sentience. So when you've got the satellite system with this energy coming down, the energy is basically there to be used. But if a human being doesn't look up at the sky over them and say, I'm claiming dominion over the sky and I'm giving permission to the Shungite to ask that chemtrail to disperse itself. Now, when I say disperse, it's, it's like, you know, just change your molecular configuration. Get don't because if you if you just say you want the chemtrail to fall apart or any of like that, you've actually got everything is still there. And what happened was that somebody wasn't very being really specific, and they got cloudy skies. And but then when they adjusted it and actually asked that the chemicals in the chemtrails just dissipate, just change your configuration. Um. Then the, then it cleared. So you have to kind of be specific that you actually want, you don't want it just to fall apart. So you got the aluminum falling here and the, and the, the whatever is borum, what is it? I don't remember even now what they are, but you know, you don't want this stuff just falling all over the place and then clouding the air. You want it to completely dissipate, dissipate. You want it to go away. So you have to kind of tell the Shungite, give the Shungite that direction. Um, and again, this is part of the concept of quantum physics where the human being's observation has got to be in place. Yes, we could probably tell Shungite, oh, every place there's any chemtrails, uh, get rid of it. But that was stopped. And I questioned, why, why aren't you allowing us to do this? And this was because this allows every individual just to look over your sky and play a little magic. It's your game. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to do everything. We can, but they're stopping us because they want each and every individual to understand their own power. So just look at the sky over, you got chemtrails, or even if you don't see them, just, you know, give that Shungite field that is there permission to ask the chemtrail, all of the minerals and molecules that are in there to dissipate. Um, now when, we got the thing up and it was running, and we knew it was running. The next problem becomes a, okay, um, apparently we can, we've got this field that is all around everybody. How do we get it to have an effect at the 3D level? One that is allowing us to use that field in a healing modality. And that's when I remembered this concept from the Keys of Enoch about sound being healing. And, of course, over the years, there's been uh, a tremendous amount of information regarding, like, the cat purr. Um, although the one that we, we we put up for you did not come off very good. But you, you're going to feel a different one if you look at the, if you listen to the MP3. 
that's on the uh, the link that to the new to the show for tonight tonight's show. They're, the audios are up there already. Now, I I, I said to Walt, okay, if what is can we take the measurement of the spiral, the copper wire that went into the spiral, can we take that and make it into a, a tone? And um, he said, well, yes, we can. <laughs> So he gave me that particular tone, and um, then we adjusted it, and we made it so that it was in 4-3-2 pitch. Now, what that means, and this is something that most of you probably already know, maybe somebody doesn't. So, 4-3-2, when you take a guitar and you tune it, you're, it doesn't matter where you start, as long as all those 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 uh, uh, wires are adjusted to a particular relationship to each other to get it in tune with each other. So one of the ways of doing it is called 432 pitch. And the 432 pitch is a natural thing that was around. I mean, flutes, everything, everything is based on a 432 sound. And then the Nazis came along and realized that if they tuned everything to a 440, then you caused a discordance in the actual energy field that would then put the people listening to it in a less than balanced uh, energy field. So that's what has been propagated down through the time of the Nazis, and that's what is primarily being used throughout the music uh, business in, in current terms, although some people, including Paul McCartney before he was assassinated, or got killed or whatever, um, was were were trying to get back to four three two. And there's a lot more musicians that are going back to four three two. Because it is the natural free the naturally natural tuning to get the the natural tone of earth. And so what we did was we took that particular uh frequency and we did do a four three two on it. So that tone, uh, when I asked about it, they said that if Somebody was to listen to this tone for five minutes, once a day. Um, that's all they'd need for treatment, uh, for regeneration of nerves. So, because that's what my focus was still on, the regeneration of nerves. <laughs> so, um, when I finally got it together to figure out how to do this, everything, and we had it, and I, st I gave it to a number of people, and I said, just listen to this and tell me what you think. And I listened to it myself. Now, what happened with this particular tone is really, really interesting. Because when you put it on, and again, the, the tape is, is, for some reason, it recorded at a very high volume. That was probably something I did and didn't know what to do about. Um, but so turn it down. Because, again, you don't need to hear it loud. There's nothing about the loudness that's going to help you. All you need to do is get your your eardrum vibrating to set up the vibration within your skeletal system that will then feed into your entire cellular system, including your nerves. So when you listen to this thing, okay, I'm listening to it, and I can feel every single one of my cells, I swear, vibrating. And... I'm like, oh, this is really, really very interesting. And that was yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday, I guess? But I went for 24 hours, and when I got into bed last night, I'm laying there, and I'm going, my God, I can still feel this vibration from that tone. Now, this was before I started playing with the cat tone. So we were just playing with this Heidi tone. 
So um, what happened was that today I get up and I put it on again. And this time I'm trying to focus on, okay, it feels like I can understand what's happening with my body. But why do I, why is this thing lasting so long? Um, and the reason that I got into that was because I had been playing with the, with the purring thing. I had done a session with the, with the Heidi tone, the satellite tone. And then I did, I was playing around with the purr thing. So I listened to that and I realized that the purr thing would, once it stopped, once the, the signal stopped, so didn't the vibrating in my body. So I'm thinking about this, and I go, let me check that. And so I put the other one on, the satellite tone. I put that on, and sure enough, yeah, yeah, right back to it, you know, and it's a lovely thing. And, you, and a while back I told you about doing nerve damage to myself when I put my hand across the neutron field that is a beacon to the blue avians. Well, Walt said to me, why don't you use something to heal that thing? And I'm going like, eh, every time it hurts, it, it kind of reminds me that how powerful these energies are, and it's a good reminder, and it doesn't hurt that much. So I actually do think that there was some kind of a nerve damage that had been done to me by doing that stupid thing of breaking a neutron beam. Um, and so, but I was glad I had it, because now I had what I thought was nerve damage, in my left arm, and now I could see, is this thing going to work? And I'm telling you, in 24 hours, now this is me, and remember, I'm really energy sensitive, but it, within 24 hours, I could feel a difference in my, my arm. It, it definitely felt better. Um, after a second time, I won't say that it's much better than it was yesterday. There was a bigger healing yesterday um, than I got today. But what I did do when I start, when I did it up again, is that I realized that the beam from the satellite is creating a source to sort of play off of the vibration that you set up in your body. And that's why they told me in this particular frequency, you only had to do it once a day for five minutes. Because once you get your body vibrating at that, the Shungite energy field that's surrounding us from the satellites feeds it. <laughs> so it'll go for 24 hours. Gosh, I don't know how long it would go. You know, you sort of like, okay, let's just give it another boost. Every day you give it five minutes. So um, any comments? Walt, this is what I'm seeing with it. Did you listen to it? I know Colleen did. Uh, yeah, I listened to it because my mom did it here since the desktop computer sits behind, you know, we're back-to-back -back here in the in the room. She played it for herself. Um, she had tremendous, you know, changes. She says, don't tell her anything. I don't want to jinx it. And I said, oh, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> but she most definitely experienced changes, you know, from stuff that was bothering her. And uh, she she literally reported um, physical sensations that were akin to the things that she would feel when we would do a transpersonal hypnotherapy session, like, at one moment, she felt her body was huge. And another moment, she felt like her legs and her arms were like each one weighed a ton. And then at another moment, she felt like her arms were floating, like when you're standing in a pool and you let your arms float in the water. So she was like, having all these, these different experiences uh, during the duration of the sound. 
And then I remembered something that I learned from um, Jonathan Goldman, this gentleman who goes around teaching this sound healing classes. And I made a modification to the sound clip, and that's what I mailed you, and I was uh, hoping that you could play it for yourself during the, the break and see what you experienced. And then I would tell you what the change was. But it's supposed to be a, a stereo clip, so each channel is different. One is the original uh, that you created, and the other one is the modified one. But I don't know if you had a chance to play it. No, the cat needed feeding during the breaks. What, <laughs> okay. what I will do is I will um, add that to the current uh, show page and, so that other people can, you know, judge for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if I'm so moved, I'll make a comment as to what I think. But we'll give, we'll, we'll put it, because obviously if it's in stereo, it's not going to go over the station correctly anyway. Yeah, so either... Uh, I mean, if you have stereo speakers, great. If not, listen with uh, headphones um, and, you know, determine. Now, I don't think if it does what uh, Dr. Goldman experienced, not everybody's going to like it because it kind of, it, it touches on, I think the reason people that, the people that weren't liking it were not liking it because it turns to, it, um, the change that I made was I took the clip that you created and changed the pitch and shifted up by the value of phi, the golden mean ratio. So then the space between the two sounds is the golden mean spiral. So you actually have a, 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 a spinning spiral between the two sounds, you know, the, the left channel and the right channel. So that's that's where everything is is happening in that in that space, and uh, Dr. Goldman, the only way that he was able to harness that and, and give it to people to play with is he made these uh, tuning forks that had two particular notes, and the space between the two notes is 99.9% of the golden mean spiral. With the Audacity program, you don't need an approximation; you can actually get the the full value. So uh, when he would expose the people to the tuning forks, it was interesting to see that uh, as he would move them back and forth and around your head, some people would report getting images, others would report hearing, I don't know, angels sing. Uh, but yet other people, they were that uh, kind of taken aback. It's like, remember the the kind of emotional effect when you tell people, Something scary about the old reality, like, you know, the way the government really works or the, the value of money is your birth certificate <laughs> because they issue a bone when they register your birth certificate or, or you kind of talk to them about the truth of what's really going on be, behind the facade. They get that like kind of a negative, violent reaction. You know, they, they, they go into fear. Uh, something to that. Uh, and it, and I think it's because the tuning forks were waking up things and people and some people are not ready to face you know what it's waking up in them i don't know if that's going to happen with this particular clip but i just wanted to let you know that's that's what's different about this clip is that the the one that i think is the left channel is the original clip that you generated and you posted and then the other channel is the same clip shift instead of being shifted down it's shifted up by the value of the golden mean now we we also um 
see what what I did was I I got Walt on Skype with me and we put the uh, Audacity program up and that's when we created the tone thing and when you do that you can either create a sine wave or a square wave now mm-hmm. I had done the sine wave but just for kicks I turned on the square wave and I just like oh I don't like that but then I get Walt on and he tells me well the sky- explain the square wave compared to the sine wave uh, yes, um, uh, um, those out there who study the electronics or, or audio, um, the different waveforms have to do with what's the component. And when you have a single frequency, one value, one frequency, that the, the shape of the energy is the sine wave, that traditional wave that goes up and down very soft, you know, very smoothly. That's one single frequency. But if you start adding up all the odd number frequencies, like if you take one hertz plus three hertz plus five, and you start adding up all the odd numbers, you instead of getting a nice sine wave, you get a square wave, meaning it goes up, it goes across, it goes down, it goes across, it goes up. So it, it literally looks like a square wave, and that's because it's made up of all the harmonics, all the odd number harmonics. So when you um, take us uh, a given frequency and you generate it in a square wave form, you get the foundation frequency, your source frequency, plus all the infinite harmonics above and below that frequency. And that's where the healing occurs. Uh, this is what I learned from the Rife technology, that when they would run the Rife machine with the sine wave frequencies, they would get little, little or no results. And this has, it's not a limitation of the technology. It has to do with the nature of humans in general. I mean, we have, each one of us has a unique fingerprint. And that goes for the rest of us. You know, our energy signature, our energy makeup, how many, you know, all the fields that make up our energy bodies. Everything is unique to each person. So whereas the foundation frequency, yeah, this is what you need to do the nerve healing. But, Maybe that person over there needs this frequency plus a little bit more, or that person over there a little bit less. So it's in those infinite harmonics where you will hit. It's like uh, imagine that you're creating a shower of, you're shooting a shower of arrows in the dark, and at least one of them is going to hit, you know, some tiny blank that's out there in the middle of the darkness. That's that's why you need the square wave because you have all infinite number of harmonics above and below. <clears throat> that base frequency, and th- those are the values that are going to hit the mark. So that's what that's why we decided to go with the square wave for the for the the tone that I well we put up together. Now, is the addition one of the um, golden mean? Is that also is the whole thing is square wave? Correct. Okay, excellent. The only difference is. In the pitch, so that between the two, you have the space of the golden mean spiral. Got it. That's where everything happens. To me, that's it's going to even enhance the work of it because you know the golden mean spiral is an infinite spiral that infinitely goes in and infinitely goes up. It's like Nombalo uh, Melchizedek says: it's the the passage of spirit through the dimensions is a golden mean spiral. It's not a straight line. 
Well, people who have used it, including now your mom and, and Stephanie and myself and uh, Colleen. Um, Colleen, what was your experience with it? Are you there? I'm here. Which one? With the um, the tone that I sent you yesterday that you did listen to. Well, after the initial shock. <laughs> it was too loud. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. After that, I was posting, please be careful. Um, it did resonate with me. I mean, I felt um, tingling, you know, like maybe like the nerves were wakening up or something. Uh, and of course, like, you know, about the time, you know, the cat's like, she didn't, it didn't seem to bother her at all because I was, you know, we were wanting to know what it did to the cat. But she just kind of laid there. Uh, and same with the, uh, the cat, her, I was interested. She just went ahead and slept right through that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Newbie, my cat, uh-huh. um, when he came in, I said, oh, good, I'm going to see what he does. I, so I, when I turned it on, I was watching him. And as soon as I turned it on, he turned around real quick and sort of listened towards the sound. And he thought about it for a second, and then he st- went back to his, his eating. And uh, so I go and I lay down on the couch. And a couple of minutes later, he jumps up and he starts talking to me. And he's 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 not that vocal, you know. I mean, he's he's vocal, but he, this was like, where's that big cat at? <laughs> you know. And it was well, this was the tone that you know the 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 oh. satellite tone. And uh, I'm looking at him and I'm going like, you really like this, don't you? And it was like he, I could tell that he was really enjoying whatever was happening to him, you know. And he is, he does have HIV, so I'm going like, oh, maybe we can eradicate the HIV. Who knows what this thing is doing? Because it's not just the regeneration of nerves, it's also the shungite field, and we know how healing the shungite field is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Stephanie had, uh, this issue and that issue, and, and they all seemed to clear after she, uh, she listened to it. Her, her sister had a stomach, not feeling good in her stomach, and that disappeared. And, and funny enough, uh, she takes it out so Jordan, her daughter, can hear it, you know. And as soon as she turned it on, Jordan goes, turn that noise off. That's terrible because apparently Jordan didn't need any help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not an old fogey like us. Um, I noticed that, well, I've been having uh, the, the lower back thing happening. And the, after the first night, when I woke up that morning, I, I have a, a, a double-decker bed, you know, one of those bunk bed things. And what I do is I put my feet on the bottom of the one above me and then, you know, really stretch them out so that you're stretching out your back. And I've had to do that every day for, you know, the last 10 days. And I woke up and I went, I don't feel like I need to do that. Um, so, you know, I, just try it. Try it out for yourself. If it works, it's five minutes of your day. Um, my sister has agreed to um, to try this out. So... I'm going to send it to her. I didn't want to, I wanted to, you know, pass it around and get some feeling, feedback for me. Now, one of the things that I was concerned mm-hmm. was the fact that if you start to regenerate nerves, are you going to cause pain because now the nerves are there in an area that was damaged? And what I got from Gaia was don't worry about that because 
anything that would result in that, that whatever is the problem that caused the nerves to be damaged in the first place will be healed before the nerves. That's what she said. She said there will be no pain with this. So I'm hoping, you know, why she's never lied to me, so I'm, I've got to assume that that's true. Um, it's not like the cat fur where I got a pain in my mouth because it might oh. be on the bone. Also, it makes scientific sense because think about it in cases where there's a, a nerve damage due to a physical trauma, like a, a severe burn or uh, you had tissue damage from a car crash. Uh, I, I guess you already know this, that when tissue is hurt in some way, bruised or burned or cut, uh, even after it heals, it is less conductive to electricity than normal healthy tissues. So right then and there, you can see that the, the tissue, its energy content, its energy level, is less than the rest of the body. So it stands to reason that if nerves are going to grow back in that area, the area has to be repaired or regenerated before the nerves have a medium where they can grow. It's like if you plant a plant in, in sand, sand doesn't have much food and it doesn't hold the water very much, the plant is going to wither and die. So um, I, for me, it would be unreasonable to expect nerves to regrow in substandard tissue. I think the tissue would need to be repaired first, and then the nerves have a healthy place where they can uh, uh, grow and ex extend themselves. From your mouth to Gaia's ears. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, you know, that's very, very interesting to me, you know, cause I, my daughter has that nerve damage in her arm and, and it's kind of spread. And when I talk to her about things that would help the nerve to grow, her biggest fear is the pain that comes with regenerating nerves. Yeah, especially if you're re regenerating nerves in, a, in damaged tissue. The first thing you're going to hear is that report. You know, the body's reporting back to you, look, we have damaged tissue here. What are you going to do about it? So that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's going to be a good guinea pig if she'll, you know, give it a try. Yeah, if she'll give it a try, sure will. If I can get her to do it five minutes a day, that'd be awesome. Well, interestingly enough, when that thing is on, that five minutes is the fastest five minutes I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the notion of time just, that's, that's why I thought when my mom described her feelings, it, it reminded me of uh, doing that transpersonal hypnotherapy session because you could be doing it for two hours and you feel that maybe 15 or, or 30 minutes just elapsed because you lose all notion of time. Every time I've listened to it, I, I'm stunned because, I mean, I'm pretty good with watching time, feeling time, you know, especially if I'm focusing it. Like, I I pretty much always know how much more of the show we got, you know. And I went, like, the first, I, that couldn't be five minutes. And then well, it happened you know, again. Like, like you, we've said before, uh, we could already be be living in a Star Trek universe. And uh, did you know, for example, that not to change the subject, but to stay on the subject of sound and the extreme power of sound, did you know that firemen, if they used true technologies that already exist, they wouldn't need to deal with uh, water pumps and water hoses? 
in mm-hmm. in nineteen I believe it was nineteen forty seven nineteen forty seven or forty three uh a europe uh europe a man who came from Europe he did a demonstration in a firehouse in new york city uh they set up uh, a hydrogen torch which burns uh, hydrogen burns in the thousands of degrees i mean this is really very high at flame and so they set up the torch on the floor of this firehouse and everybody's watching and they regulated it so the flame coming out of this thing was between five and six feet high so really really large flame intense heat uh, everybody's watching and the man pulls out uh, something that looks like a violin i don't know if it was uh, a, a true violin but it, it was modified in some way and he started playing different notes, and he kept adjusting the pitch, and he kept trying a, a different note, and then he would adjust the pitch, and he would, you know, uh, tune the, the instrument. And at one point, he hit a, a long, drawn note, and the entire torch just collapsed and sputtered, and it went off. So with sound, he extinguished, you know, a flame that's, you know, thousands of degrees hot flame. Hydrogen, you know, the most combustible of all, of all gases, the, the, the more, the most, you know, flammable thing that exists. It was literally, uh, extinguished with sound. Which makes complete sense if you understand <laughs> that you've got a world and universe, everything is energy. Yeah. But to somebody that doesn't understand that sound is simply energy, then yeah. that would be like magic. So, you know, firemen could have, like, sound cannons and just aim it at a building and just extinguish the flames and be done with it instead of all, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Walt, uh, can we make one of these? Huh? Can we make one of these? We haven't been able to patent the stickers yet. <laughs> no, we have. We have. No, they're, they're patent pending, which only means that nobody else can get in front of us. <laughs> We don't have the kind of money to actually get it patented, but hopefully by the time the year's up, we'll have it obviously in the... Uh, well, if you know how to play with credit cards, we can give you five or six cards, and you can uh, rustle up the money to get it patented. And now I only have one credit card, which makes me not a very good... <laughs> You're a nope. deadbeat. You just paid I'm off. Your I only got you. one credit card. <laughs> <laughs> and no other, no other debt, just one little credit card, you know. But oh my God, I'm not playing the game, so I'm a lousy credit risk. <laughs> wow. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, none of it makes you any sense. You are a risk to our American way of life. Yep, yep. I hope. God, I hope. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we're we're approaching the end of the of the uh, show. Um, Colleen, you got anything else you want to add to what we've been discussing? Uh, no. <laughs> Walt? <clears throat> yes, please visit our websites, cosmicreality.net. Oh, yeah. That. And if you're interested in an energy device or a shamanic journey to find out if your guides want you to have an energy device, visit my website, newparadigmtools.net, and uh, you can get more information that way. Excellent. Um, one thing that we we 
again, I want to mention because um, Walt and I can't remember which it was about I, three months, not three months, about three or four shows ago, maybe more. We were discussing um, the water oxygenation device, and that purifies purifies. Oh, I gotta tell you about those. Too bad we're oh, running. Tell, tell me, tell me. Well, the uh, remember the. Um, I thought it was because of the the leak in the mold. Remember your your Shang, your giant Shanghai dye has that uh, vortex on the other side. Yes. Okay. When the met where that's that's exactly where the North Pole is. That's where it's it's pulling in. And I thought it was because of the the small leak in the mold that it contributed to this thing. Well, the the coil part of the device for the water is sitting in a in a um, ceramic mold. No leaks anywhere. And yet I had to top off the the resin twice because I, I'm I'm first off I'm enhancing the work of the uh, coils with the magnets. So that's going to be even more powerful than my first prototype. And I topped it off I, and um, submerged the whole thing, you know, with the resin, with the Shanghai powder. So the resin, you know, is covering the entire assembly. And I go back like an hour later, you know, the resin now, it's more viscous, it's, it's becoming hard. And it's pulling in the center. It's creating a, a, an indentation in the center where the vortex is pulling, you know, the energy down. So I go back and I put in, you know, more resin with the Shanghai powder so it's nice and level because that's the face that's going to be attached to the monolith. Go back an hour later, again, it's, <laughs> forget this, I'm not wasting any more resin. The, the thing just keeps pulling down in the center, creating a vortex, and it gets frozen in time because the resin, you know, gets hard, and it solidifies the shape of the vortex. So I said, I'm leaving you there, I'm going to attach you that way. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't seemingly affected it in a negative way the uh, eye uh, beacon. No. To me, it's validation. There you have it. The resin itself is telling you that there's a vortex sitting there. It's right. just your your or organic your organic eyes aren't able to see the energy, but it's there. Right. Um. Okay, the reason that he's doing this is that, that we've, um, if we asked everybody, do you have a pond that, that needs work? And have you been down to the ponds, by the way? I, I went back and, uh, I keep seeing the same thing. Uh, there's no, not, not enough foamies come and the surface keeps, you know, looks, looks clear, uh, as opposed to looking, you know, scummy and, uh, uh, cloudy. So I guess it is working. It's it's funny to see when we have a, we've had a lot of a, a nice rainy season, and uh, I guess these two ponds are sitting at different levels because you'll see you go at certain hours of the day and you see the water flow from the big pond to the little one. Then you go back later and it's the other way around. The the water from the little pond is flowing into. The, so I'm thinking, what the heck is going on with this? Aren't these two things sitting? On the same level, I, I guess not, because they just keep, you see the, the flow keeps changing back and forth, and the, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call that, a culvert, that connecting tube is on, runs under yes, the street. Yes, yes. There's a street dividing the two, the two ponds, and it just, just keeps going back and forth, so I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe one drains faster than the other one, so that's why it goes back and forth. I don't know. But, but both of them are looking good? Yeah. 
compared to looking bad last year without. Yeah, and there's tons of ducks, and there's a family of geese, so a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, you know waterfowl in the area. Is there fish in there? I don't know. There's lots of uh, snail shells along the edge, but I don't know. Since these are man-made ponds, I don't know if they ever brought fish to these things. Well, with that much birds, they'd eat them all anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you put some in there, but they'd eat them right up. Um, Anyway, you can get, if you've got a swimming pool, um, we've got two people that are running tests, are going to be running tests with these devices on swimming pools, because we're pretty convinced that if you put one in your swimming pool, you'll still have to have the pool man come and clean out the leaves and check your filters and everything. But I suspect you will not have the problem with the chemistry and needing it. Um, Stephanie's had just the bricks in her swimming pool, and the pool man finally came to her and said, you know, I have to be honest, I'm not putting in the phosphates, So, um, which is calcium phosphate, which is he just didn't need it. But he was still putting chlorine in it, and I, I'm betting that he doesn't need the chlorine either, but he doesn't know that. So anyway, we're going to get these devices to them. If you have a swimming pool or a pond or something like that, you can contact us, and um, we will send you one of these things. It is $110 to, to buy it um, because that's what it's costing us, and, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we don't make much money at all on at most of these devices. So... If you're interested, let us know. If you find it does not work for you, I'll give you your money back. That, that's assuming we don't have thousands of people that want this to test. Well, there's also, there's also the, uh, the other end of the extreme test scenario. Um, I don't know if you've seen pictures or if I ever showed you with the Skype that are uh, Canada Goose Gandhi. Are we back? It's Colleen back. She must be. We wouldn't be connected. <laughs> Colleen, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Open hailing frequencies. Okay. Lieutenant Colleen. Uh, I, I, just, I just put on chat that Skype just collapsed, so um, we're back. Uh, hopefully you can hear us there. Um, it is the end of the show anyway. Um, Colleen, okay. Colleen and I will be on tomorrow to do the Fans of Whitney show. Um, that's at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What are you uh, going to do here, Colleen? Um, after this show, I'm going to play just a short piece of music, and then it's Haggy Reads for You, and I'm still reading John Storm's book, Witch Clan Matriarchs. Cool. And, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, sometimes I want to read ahead, but at the same time I want it to be fresh. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Okay, so you can get to us at CosmicReality.net or NewParadigmTools.net, but there's links to Walt um, on CosmicReality.net. Um, one of the things that we, we, we do like to remind you is that you can have complete access to all of the archives that have ever been put together by Wolf Spirit for $5 a month. You can subscribe to that and then have access to everything. But every week, the... The weekly shows are up under the tab that says, um, oh, gosh, what's it say? <laughs> public archives. archives. So public archives. And you can go down and you can see the free uh, where you can download um, any of the shows on Wolf Spirit Radio. 
on CosmicReality.net under the Wolf Spirit tab. You can see, listen to any of our shows. You can't download them, but you can listen to them. And there's links to getting to Wolf Spirit so that you can, in fact, download the entire series if you so want to. Um, but we also take donations. And, you know, everything that go- that comes into from those two sources goes to the support of keeping the station running. None of us make any money at this. And uh, we do it because we are compelled to do it. <laughs> Because we're crazy people, I don't know. But we do love being here. We love each. We 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 have a great group of people. We 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 really do love each other. We do believe we're doing good work. We thank you so much for um, listening. And uh, Walt, you got anything else? Nope. I think you covered everything, Chief. Okay, Colleen, I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for another excellent show. We didn't. We just got dropped for that little bit. Amazing. I know. And, uh, don't forget to go over to Cosmic Reality. On the home page, you'll see a button that says Current Radio Show. On the, it's uh, three columns of buttons. On the bottom right of uh, one is the current show. It'll take you directly to the show where you can, yourself, you can listen to these um, MP3s. And somehow or another, we'll get them up on Wolf Spirit so that you can download those too. So be safe. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. And um, how do I say that? Namaste? Namaste. 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 The unknown, unknown Teaching, preaching The unknown, unknown, unknown All right inside, turn away from disaster Thank you.